Hello and welcome everyone to the second episode of the now named Spilling the Free. It's me and my boy Cookie Man. What's up, Cook? What's up, mate? Excited to talk some basketball. Finally, we've got a name for our show that we've been desperately wanting to do for a little bit. So thank you very much to me and you for coming up for it. Nobody helped us, so they can all get <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. We, are, we have got a picture in the... Um, in, in the in the process, it's being worked on by uh, Master Cook. He's he's working his art. He's like fucking Da Vinci. So watch out for that in the coming weeks. I might not have it for this for tonight's episode, but just be patient. We've got you a name this one. You know what I mean? You can't have everything at once. Exactly. Um, so Cook, we, we've got plenty of basketball to talk, to talk about in the past week since we last recorded. Um, I guess we'll we'll get right into kind of what's happened in the first round so far. Um, seven of the eight rounds of finished now we've actually got one game that started in the second round which we will talk about soon um, that's Suns and Nuggets so in the East the Heat defeated the Bucks in five that was a, that was a shocker and we, we will be talking about Jimmy Buckets Butler an unbelievable result for them they'll meet the Knicks um, tonight who also defeated the Cavs in five um, a bit of a shock on the cards that one that, how easy the Knicks did it um, on the other side of the East the Celtics and the 76ers will meet in the next round. That was as predicted. Um, 76ers obviously swept the Nets. Um, before the game, I think tomorrow night, Cook, Joel and Beat might be an injury doubt, so that could be huge for that for that round. And um, do you want to talk us through what's happened in the West so far? Yeah, so the, the West has been a bit of a weird one, really. Denver Nuggets have clearly been the best team, number one seed throughout the whole thing, and a lot of people forget how good they actually are when Phoenix Suns drafted, obviously, KD, and they've got Devin Booker, CP3. And I, th- I think that the, the Nuggets have maybe been a little bit disrespected, even though they're the first seed, because a lot of people still consider Phoenix, obviously, the favourites with those big trades. I think that the Lakers are a team that are potentially slept on in the West. I think that they're quite a good price to potentially go to the NBA Finals. I think they're just a bit better than 6-1. to one. So I'm thinking... If you can get past, um, if if you can get past um, the Grizzlies, who were again, I think a number one or number two seed, and once you can get past them, you're literally a game against Golden State or the Kings. So, I think really that's that's pretty good for the Lakers to get in there. And then, like we've just touched on, then Golden State, Sacramento, what a game that's going to be. We did actually predict that it would go to seven. We just didn't know which way. And then I got off my fence and said that Golden State would win in seven. So, fuck. So, <laughs> so but well, I trust we're... Steph, I trust Clay, and I trust that Jordan Poole will come back to the pool party. Well, there you go. We'll, we'll hold our predictions and a bit more in depth preview of that one for later on in the show. Um, Hopefully, me and you are going to link up for that one later. For UK watchers, that's on a half eight tonight. So, a lovely time. You don't have to like be nocturnal for this one. So, that's good. Um, yeah, Cook just re- he touched on the Nuggets there. So, we are going to go into it. Last night, the Nuggets, with maybe a bit of a surprise ease, beat the Suns 125 107. Um, I watched the game back this morning. It was, I thought some players were really good about KD and Booker were obviously fantastic as they always are. KD especially um, in that first half, it just felt like he didn't miss. But the Nuggets were so deep and despite how good KD was on offence and, and on defence to be fair to him, the game wasn't really within single digits from the second quarter onwards. Um, every time the Suns thought he was going to make a little run, the Nuggets would hit big shots. Um, 
Jamal Murray was excellent. He had 30, 34, 30, 30, I think he had 34 on the night. Yeah, he, he was brilliant. Um, what, what did you think overall going into this? I haven't watched too much of Jamal Murray. And that's, I mean, not to be expected because he has been out for 18 months with a big knee injury. Um, he hasn't really played in the playoffs since the bubble. But did he impress you in this one? Definitely. And that's what I was going to say. The last time I actually saw him was in the bubble when I first really started watching NBA with some regularity. And I thought that before he got injured, he was a, a really good prospect for, for that team. And last night is the first time that I've seen him in that high pressure situation for, again, probably about 18 months, two years since the pandemic. So I'm all for it. I'm all for Canadian ballers balling out in the NBA. Him, SGA, carrying the flag for Canada. And I'd like to see a lot more of this guy. I've, I'm literally, I make no bones about it. I don't watch the Nugs that often, but when I do, obviously I'm impressed by the Joker. Obviously, I'm impressed by Gordon. I'm impressed by Murray as well. But like I said, I've not really seen a lot of Murray. So from what I saw last night, they've got an absolute baller on their hands. And it's a shame for them that he's been out for so long. Yeah, well, he was... Um... I think he was talking to Chuck after the game, um, and he, he was he always called him Bubble Murray because of how good he was in the, the, the lockdown postseason. But he, he asked him if it's a Bubble Murray or a healthy Murray because he hasn't been healthy since then in the postseason. To be fair to him, and he replied that it's, it's, it's a healthy Murray. He, he doesn't know what he can do more to keep proving himself, which I think is fair enough because he's still a fairly young point guard had a massive injury on his record. Um, he's had I think he's had five forty-point games in the playoffs, which is almost as much as anybody in the league. Um, yeah, it's a brilliant player. And last night, he was he was on fine form. Um, he, he was the best of Jamal Murray, I think. I think he was, when he was one-on-one, he takes them, he, he takes so many tough shots, but makes them look so easy. Um, and then he, he picks up Jokic on the high pick and rolls, and the Suns literally had no answer for it. I mean, I think in the first half, they had five blocks, and it was all KD and Booker, which might be a surprising start. Um but there was just nothing on defence. They didn't have an answer for the Nuggets, for any of the players. Um, Porter Jr. got hot for one time. Gordon was too strong for him. Um, they seemed like they got every offensive rebound. The Joker didn't really have... He didn't, he didn't carry it at all. I wouldn't even say he was maybe like one of the top three Nuggets players, which is insane to say. But he just got every single offensive board. He got ace into foul trouble on the in the third quarter. So that's a scary prospect for the Suns going forward because they shot well. In Denver, I think they shot something like near 60%, um, the Suns, and they still didn't come close. And the Joker still didn't have one of his amazing games, despite nearly posting a 20.20 rebound game, which LeBron did the other night. Um, he seems like one of these players, um, Jokic, where you'll watch me, I think. He's not carrying this game as much as where I've seen him do in the past. But then you look at his box score and you're like, oh, fucking hell, he's got 24 and 18 rebounds. <laughs> he's actually been all over it. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be another series, Cook, where we might, like we predicted the Kings Warriors to go seven. This could go seven, because despite this being a bit of an easy one for the Nuggets, the talent is there for um, the Suns. Um, KD in that first half especially, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, KD, especially in that first half, he spoke about him offensively and defensively, that he is just as good at both ends of the court, and it just showed in this game, I feel, that for the Nuggets, like you said, Joe Kitch, he wasn't, he, well, he definitely wasn't a passenger in this game. He was almost the, the low-key facilitator in this whole game. And like I said, everything didn't have to go through him. But one of the big things that did happen when he was on the bench was the non-Jokic minutes. And I know the commentary was stressing that when he's not on the floor, the Suns have to make stops and they weren't doing that last night. 
And the main thing is there is if that's going to continue throughout the series, you're not going to be in a good position because when he's off the floor, you need people like Aiton, who's going to literally, he, he had a poor game last night. CP3 had a poor game last night. I would say that Booker and KD carried them last night. And the thing is, it was it was easy in the end. It was. The next game, it's in Denver. I know they went a day out earlier to climatise to the altitude. But I think in this next game, don't be surprised if you see the Suns come out and win. Yeah, you definitely can't play past the team with that talent in the starting five. But you touched on it, the, the, the non-Yoka minutes. Um, I think in the regular season, when Jokic was on the court, it was the best um, plus-minus team in the league. When he was off the court, he was one of the worst, if not the worst. But the thing is about the Suns is because he traded so much to get KD, they're actually not a deep team at all. I think they played seven seven players quite last time, maybe eight. Um, and the bench just isn't as strong as the Nuggets is um, at all. When the Nuggets can bring on Bruce Brown and the rookie Christian Braun, who, by the way, is, is a classic Nuggets player. He's just all heart. Um, he'll work for everything. He's really good on the defence. I mean, He's literally, it's his first postseason, it's his first season, it's a rookie, and as soon as he went on the court, he was straight on KD, and then, do you know what, in fairness, he looked like the only one who might be able to make him stop, stop missing, and he did. Um, so it could be a good matchup for the Nuggets in the sense that they're most vulnerable when Jokic is on the bench, but against the Suns, they've got this weird um, advantage that they're deeper than him, whereas they haven't got that against other teams, for example. But when the Suns bench like KD and you can kind of rest the yoke for a bit. Um, so it was positive as a Nuggets fan that that could be a bit of a, a mismatch there. And like you say, it's going to be a tough one to call and you can't get carried away after one game. But exciting stuff for Denver, um, the one seed. Uh, and we'll, we'll move on, Cook, to um, the one seed of the overall NBA. It were stunned, the Milwaukee Bucks. Only got one game, lost four to one. And... It was all one man, wasn't it, Cook? It was all one man called Jimmy. Oh, God. I Again, I can't say enough nice things about this guy. I love Jimmy Butler, and I have for a number of years now. And ever since he got to Miami, there was always that persona of playoff Jimmy, and is it a thing? And I genuinely believe it is a thing, but it's a bit of, an, a, bit of a fluke that the Heat are even where they are. They obviously got in through the play-in and ended up taking down the number one seed. So that almost stifles my argument for the playing because I'm not a big believer in it. But as you can see, look what happens. So maybe I'm eating word soup on that. But this game, Knicks versus Heat, if everybody was fit, it would be what it would rival the Suns Nuggets tie for me if everybody was fit, if Hero was fit, if Randall was fit, if Adebayo was fit because he's potentially not playing tonight. So both teams healthy, this is one of the best ties, but regardless, the Knicks versus the Heat, it's gonna everything's gonna go through Jimmy Butler for this game. The Knicks, again, if Randall plays a plus for them, but they've got Brunson who carries them throughout this. New York at home, uh, MSG. It's 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 a it's a ground that you talk about home court advantage. The Knicks this is one of the places you don't want to go. You, you don't want to go here. You don't want to go to Denver. You don't want to go to Sacramento. They're the, probably the big three where the fans are almost like the sixth man. And this tie, I don't know what you think, lad. We can do our predictions at the end, but I'm just excited to watch this. Two good teams going to go at it. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I think the, the interesting thing for me there is 
how good Butler was. The average 37 and a half against the Bucks. And the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. They've got in Brooke Lopez, Antetokounmpo, and Holiday, three of the best defensive players in the league. And even though the Knicks are an amazing defensive team, I think they held the Cavs to like below 80 or something around that in one of the games in the playoffs. And Thibodeau's a really good defensive coach. Um, Grimes, Hart, they can, they've got a lot of players to throw at Butler. But if Butler can just get past the, the Bucks doing what he did, then like, how do the Heat stop him, even if they've got all these amazing defensive players and a good coach? And like you said, you've got the advantage at MSG if he does go game seven. I just don't see how they're going to stop Butler. But then on the flip side of that, Butler's done so much in that first round. Has he got the gas in the tank to carry the Heat to another conference finals? It will be the third conference finals in the three years that he's been at the Heat. And that's just a, a credit to how good Butler has been. Um, I mean, he got to the finals in his first season. And then it was the Bucks who knocked him out last season in the conference finals. And then the one, the another one series against the Knicks away from another conference finals. Um, so yeah, incredible stuff. But I, I just think without Hero, I think it's going to take its toll eventually. Um, can't keep carrying. But then I say this and you wouldn't be surprised if tonight he has another 40 piece, would you? No, you wouldn't be surprised. But the one thing like you've already mentioned there is everything went through him and, burnout is a factor but the thing that worries me for Jimmy Butler is that and it's not even something for him because he's done everything and more that he can do so far but it's almost he does Jimmy like things he'll get doubled up on and then his supporting cast with no hero potentially no Victor Oladipo who's depth um, and uh, Bam Adebayo there's not other people other than Struess and Caleb Martin who are three point shooters but they are streaky so for the Heat to actually do something tonight I can see Jimmy getting doubled a lot tonight, personally, and they need to step up. If the Heat are going to win this game one or game two that are both in New York, those three-point shooters need to wipe Jimmy's ass because he wiped their ass and more throughout the whole last series. So they do need to step up while, like I said, Hero, who is definitely Miami's second-best player, Kyle Lowry, someone I've not even mentioned who I really, really like, needs to step up. He needs to help Jimmy out. So I'm just well excited for this. It's going to be free scoring, I think, more often than not, both teams will get 100 points and it'll just be chaos, lad. It'll be class, though. Yeah, I think I think you're right there with the, um, the streaky three-point shooters. I've Duncan Robinson to that list. He's one of the better three-point shooters in the league. They're going to need to step up. And I just think over a seven-game seri- seven series, that will catch up to him. Um, so I am just siding with the Knicks. And on New York side of the ball, Hooper, um, Miami stopped Jalen Brunson. It just seems like a mismatch to me, though, as well. I mean, no, he got everything no. he wanted against Donovan Mitchell, and I just think he's going to do it again. Yeah, home court advantage for that guy. It's, it's, he is literally like the, the Duracell bunny when he's at MSG. He's a completely different player. And like I said, he's carried the Knicks to a point this year. And to be honest with you, Brunson, it's one of them. It's I think tonight he'll easily get 25 points. I think he'll get 25 points every time they play at MSG, literally because I've said that. And it'll have to be similar to what we was on about with Jokic, especially if Randall doesn't play for the Knicks tonight. It'll be, how can we manage the non-Brunson minutes and can we get stops? Because I think that'll be where you can almost shorten the lead. Because New York at home are a really good side and you've got to be realistic with that. So I think, again, Brunson this year, what a free agent, by the way, from the Knicks. I can't believe that nobody other than the Knicks was really in for him. So credit where credit's due. And I think that... The thing for the Knicks, 
will be their depth because right at the trade deadline, they made some smart signings. I know me and you both like Josh Hart. We thought that that was really good business on the trade deadline. So again, I hate to reiterate it, but Oladipo, Adebayo, Hero, potentially not playing. Uh, well, definitely Oladipo and Hero aren't playing. So fine margins, but I hope it doesn't ruin the game, these injuries. But I think overall, Jim, if you're going to get a prediction out of me, I will go Knicks in six. I'd be tempted. I'd be tempted to join you. They, um, they look like it's just fine on the Knicks. I mean, I remember watching them. They've been on the upwards directory since I started watching the NBA. To be fair, um, it was very shit when I started watching. Um, but when I've compared them to previous playoff teams in the past few years, it's been the Julius Randle when he was the All Star, um, and RJ Barrett was the rookie, and he was just Randle. He was amazing in regular season, but. Didn't quite do it in postseason when he was getting double a lot and he was throwing different schemes at him defensively and he was just all on him to carry. Whereas we've seen already in the Cavs series, Randall being benched in important four quarters and they've started with, they've kept on with like Josh Hart in one game, I think Colby Toppin in the next game, just stayed in the four quarter. And Randall, despite being the star on that team, was on the bench, but he was, he was stood up cheering. It was like it wasn't like sulking, thinking I should be playing it. He's like getting behind his team. He's like calling for fouls and shit. And it's just like this is a well better, more rounded team than it has been in the past few seasons. And they've got loads of options on the bench too. And that's what prevailed in the Cavs series because they had a deeper team. And I just think with the injuries like you just alluded to there in Miami, I think they've got again a deeper team, home court advantage, and. It will be exciting to see the Knicks in the conference finals if they do what they are kind of expected to do now. I reckon, like I said, I reckon overall Knicks in six, but let's 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 get our balls out. Knicks in six. Knicks in six. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Um, and while we're making predictions, Cook, for games that are happening on Sunday night, there is a huge game, a huge game in Sacramento. One that you previously said that we, we called in our first ever pod last week. We did. Kings and Warriors. It was destined to go to seven games. I mean, Kings took the first two. And then since recording, um, there's been four games. Uh, the, the Warriors won three on the spin. Um, one without Draymond Green. The next two, Draymond Green was on the bench because of how well that works in games three. Um, and yeah, you thought that when the, when the Warriors went to Sacramento and stole game five we kind of thought oh this is this is not looking good for Sacramento this could be kick Warriors and six but the Kings just went to the Bay Area and they won pretty comfortably and they won where Devonta Savonis I think he fouled out in the first half yeah um, which weirdly I think I've seen an interview with Steve Kerr saying that that helped Sacramento because they just completely spread the floor looking off the bench and they was just they were a better three point shooting team because um I think it was Lyle who came in at the centre instead of Alex Lamb, who was playing in the previous games. So it's going to be interesting, the little tweaks that both coaches are going to have to make tonight. Obviously, Kings have got the coach of the year, so he's, he's, he's well adept to making these tweaks and he's been very good this season. So it's going to be interesting if he keeps Sabonis in the game as long as he has done in the previous ones, just off the back of that game six where he had to play without him, but it worked very well for him. And then it's also going to be interesting to see what Steve Kerr, who's probably the best coach in the league let's face it for what he's done with Golden State it's going to be interesting to see what he will come up with to counter that again and whether we might see Draymond Green back in the starting lineup tonight that could be an interesting one because we talk, you, you kind of touched on it a little bit 
in the start of this year, Jordan Poole. Yeah, it hasn't been exactly a pool party, has it? He, he hasn't been, he hasn't started yet. And he started last season's first slowly and he got into it, but he hasn't got into it just yet. And I mean, the one game from going home, so it's now or never. Yeah, and literally they, they handed him a $140 million contract not long after the Draymond Green punch up situation in the summer. And a lot of people saying that since he got that bag, Jordan Poole has not been as good. And I disagree. I'm a huge fan of Jordan Poole and I think he is a, a mini Curry and a mini Clay. and what better way to do your apprenticeship, so to speak, than be with those two. And like I said, he's, he is a, a diet version of those two and I'm not saying he's get, he's going to get to those heights, but he's definitely going to help Golden State and he's a winner. He's, he's won so much with them already, but he needs to step up. He's not in the, the biggest, um, the best vein of form, should I say. And He's got all the ability. Like I said, he's got all the ability. Three-point shooters, taking it to the rim, great handling. I'm a huge fan, but again, confidence is an issue. It has been with this Warriors team, but potentially last game, they'd won three on the spin before they lost that game at home. So maybe they, they got a bit ahead of themselves. And I just think that a lot of things really did land in the lap. Like Fox, he, I think he broke his hand. He was playing with a splint. That that should be something that comes into your favour. I know what something that didn't help them. Draymond Green, like you said, come off the bench within like the first minute. He picked up two fouls, which really fucked Golden State over. And I think tonight you'll probably see Draymond start. You'll probably see Poole come off the bench, and hopefully that'll help him out. It'll solidify Golden State a little bit more. And I think that Mike Brown coming from the Golden State organization, he was an understudy to Steve Kerr. I think that that has to play a factor as well because he's obviously a carbon copy of Steve Kerr and they play similar styles, obviously shooting three more often than not both teams. So I think you'll see a lot of freeze tonight. I think you'll see big performances from Clay. I think you'll see a big performance from Curry. I think you'll see one from Fox. I think you'll see one from Malik Monk. So I think you're going to see an amazing series and I have to stick with them. The Warriors, I think that experience away from home, they've already won in SAC, but I can guarantee that atmosphere in Sacramento will be unreal. Oh yeah, the atmosphere has got to be unbelievable tonight. Like it's the first playoff series in 17 or 18 years or whatever it was. And I mean, the, the, just thinking about the game tonight, the excitement, if this is a close game in the fourth quarter um, and you've got two of the most clutch, I think it was like one and three. I'm like, I mean, Fox won the inaugural clutch player of the year this season. I think Curry was a good third or fourth in that list. He got, I know he got a few votes. But in Steph Curry and DeAndre Fox, you've got two of the most clutch players in the league in a fourth quarter, potentially when it's close, in game seven. I mean, it doesn't get much more exciting than that in terms of playoff basketball, does it? And it's just who can do it. I mean, Curry's been there before. Um, it's the advantage for Fox this season when it comes to fourth quarters. He just absolutely lights up and he's got the crowd behind him tonight. So I wouldn't like to back, back against him either. I wouldn't like to have a bet on this one. I mean, we are going to do a little prediction soon, oh, but... It's, the bookies can't call it, and um, I'm, I'm, I must say, neither, neither can I, to be fair. Um, it's going to be a close one, but it's going to be really exciting, and yeah, we're really looking forward to this one. I've not seen a game, we've not seen a game seven at this time. There's not many game seven, should I say, at this time of the day for UK fans to watch. I say half eight, Sunday night, if you're not doing anything tonight, you're not even into basketball that much, watch this game, it'll be one of them where you might start getting into basketball because this is playoff basketball at its finest. 
100% lad and you say in the book he's can't decide well since me and you linked up yesterday we had Golden State as minus one as the, the favourite I've just checked the odds then Kings are now minus one and a half favourites so like I said, the bookies can't decide. We we have to decide for the purpose of this pod, Jim. But like I said, it's this is how close it is. It is. And then, do you want to just get straight into pitching? I know you you're going to choose the, the Warriors. Is that just because of the the experience they've got? It was it was a multitude of things, really. I think that experience does play a factor. I think that they are defending champs, and that does put again a bit more oomph in you that you are defending champs and you want to retain what you've never lost. They've been unfortunate with injuries this year, but I think that you'll, you'll see Steph Curry. Uh, Curry, I really wouldn't be surprised if Curry got 40 today. I really wouldn't be surprised because he's going to put them on his back and they, they might not win, but he, he definitely won't play shit and that he won't be the reason why they lose. And I think for Golden State to win, they need a big performance from Clay Thompson. I know he's having his best shooting year, I think of all time at the minute for percentages. So yeah, killer Clay and Steph. Dub Nation, come on, they'll do it. And just for balance of the pod, and just because I like serving on Doug's story, despite them being the favourites tonight, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Kings. Um, I think the, the home record they've had in the regular season versus the away record Golden State have had will catch up to him. Um, I say coach of the year, the fans behind him, I think it's the clutch game of the season and the clutch player of the season, DeAndre Fox, is going to show up um, his finger looks fine. I mean, I, I watched that game, the one where, I think it was game four when he, when he came back out and he said he'd broken the tip of his index finger he's shooting on. And then in the first quarter, he drained like the first three three-point shots he got. It's like, yeah, that looks absolutely fine. So it'll be good to go. Um, I just think they're just going to get over the edge. And you know what? I could even see it going to overtime and Fox having some game winner. That's what I'm going to predict. A Fox overtime game winner. Um, you know, if you're a clutch player this season to do one of the most clutch things you'll see. Right, welcome back, listeners. As we're winding down um, at the end of this podcast, I hope you've enjoyed it. Let us know if you have. And let us know if you've not got any feature ideas, because obviously, if you're cookie podcast listeners, you've got the better of the week, and that's going to be renamed. So, um, We've got some games as well. You know, we had the fact bastard. He's not been seeing in a while. He's melted, well and truly. But yeah, feature ideas will be good. Uh, we're going to do... Last week, we did a bit of predictions, didn't we, Cook? And we did very well. I mean, I don't know why we didn't put them on, put some money on him. <laughs> you backed the Knicks to beat the Cavs. I think it was in game two at the time. And I backed the Nugs to beat the Symbols. I think that was Austin game two at the time. And both happened pretty easily. And we should have cashed in on that one. So, just off the back of them predictions, we're going to do a bit more predicting, um, or previewing, should I say. Um, and one game that we've not really spoke about, we kind of touched on B's injury, but the Celtics and the 76ers start their series tomorrow night. Um, and basically, I'm going to tell you why I think the Celtics are going to make it, not just through that one, but through the winners of the Knicks and the Heat. And I think the Celtics are going to be back in the NBA Finals to avenge themselves for what they couldn't do against the Golden State Warriors. Um, I think this team is better somehow than the one that it had last season. Um, Malcolm Brogdon coming into it. He's the sixth man of the year this year. He's been immense. I mean, we spoke about Suns not being deep. This is the complete opposite. This is a deep, deep team, this. Um, the Celtics have got maybe like 10 players you can trust, even in playoff scenarios. 
Uh, Derek White has already shown what he can do in the playoffs. He was he was brilliant against the Hawks. We know what Brown and Tatum can do. Um, this is kind of what Brown and Tatum need to win a title. Um, or the, the expectation is that high because that's what they've been working towards since they got drafted, um, since, since they joined the organisation. Um, Robert Williams, I'm a big fan of him, uh, the centre. He's been, he's been injured in some games in the past few seasons, but he looks fine. It looks like they're managing his minutes. Like I say, Malcolm Brogdon off the bench. Al Horford is uh, a wily veteran. Um, so many good players. Uh, I just think the Celtics this season are just going to be too strong, especially for the 76ers. Especially if Embiid has got knocks, you watch how Joel Embiid plays, and he's very, very good, one of the better players in the league, probably this year's MVP. But he was throwing himself to the ground a lot in a in a series where he swept the Nets, which probably wasn't um, clever. I mean, you're looking back in hindsight now, but if they're going to be without him, and that's going to be tough because, to be honest, I haven't been too impressed with James Harden in the playoffs. I mean, he had a few good games, but I don't think he's been too good. Tobias Harris can't be relied upon. Um, I just I think it's a really good matchup for the Celtics. And with a massive upset already happening with the Bucks going out, I think it was between the Celtics and the Bucks myself, um, looking at the East. I just think this is it now. Celtics gets that finals, and just everyone in the West looks like they have their weakness. So they've got to take one game at a time, Cook. But I know you're a big fan of Boston. I just think we're going to see him back in the finals, and I think they're going to do it this season, regardless of who ends up with no, I think you're right, 100%, mate. I think that roster depth is the big factor of that. You've, you've already spoken about some of the key components for their team and the minutes where Tatum and Brown aren't on the pitch are so important. Like you said, Derek White, you've got someone in like Sam Hauser who comes on and he's a two-way player and he really helps them out. Like you said, Malcolm Brogdon, even even play, players that people forget about, like Grant Williams. He, Grant Williams has been clutch for them and in big scenarios and like I said just depth pure depth and when you can take your two superstars out and just replace them with these people that are still killers Boston have just got so many ways to hurt you like you said White can shoot the three Hauser can shoot the three Tate and Brown all can shoot the three two-way players like Marcus Smart Al Horford averages at least one and a half threes a game so they can hit you from loads of different places and like you said Al Horford I think is is the glue for this team Wiley Vett has played for Boston in the past played for Atlanta in the past so that series last for him was it was quite a good one for him. And I think that, like you said, that depth is just going to put less legs on the superstars. And with Embiid not playing in this next game, I think that James Harden does need to step up. Maxi needs to step up. And I just don't know if it's going to happen. I really don't. So I fear for the Sixers, especially without Embiid. Yeah, and um, just on Brian Tatum, just, just quickly, the matchups that they've got against Philadelphia... I just don't see who you're stopping them, to be honest, uh, for the 76ers. Um, I don't think they can stop them, and I think that the, the way, especially Jalen Brown, one of the better two-way players in the league, um, he can defend anyone on that team. Like James Harden, I just don't trust him to carry this 76ers team with uh, an injured Embiid. So, yeah, for me, the Celtics are going to make it to, to the finals, and one of the very organisations of the entire just going to from one legendary organisation to maybe the most prestigious. Um, you've got him on your jersey there today, Cook. We haven't really spoken about him, but the Los Angeles Lakers, despite being the eighth seed or was it the seventh seed? I can't remember off the top of my head. They knocked out the number two seed, Grizzlies, quite easily. I mean, 40-point win. Dylan Brooks wanted 40, but I don't think he wanted to lose by 40 in a, a win-or-go-home game. 
they will be watching tonight's game, Kings and Warriors, and they will face them. We'll have another situation, which will be exciting. But how f- this Lakers team, not too long ago, we were discussing whether they're going to make the playoffs. They might make the finals. Mad, isn't it? And I was saying to you earlier on in the season, before they made all these trades, I was like, there's potential with people in the pipeline like Vanderbilt, like D. Russ, who's come back and really filled them out defensively. I think that the Lakers are a, they're a difficult team to play, especially in the playoffs where they've leaned on LeBron so heavily. AD's playing really aggressive and really well, and that's the way that they're going to get the best out of him. And the thing is, stylistically, the Lakers are going to play a team that predominantly shoots the three, and that's what they struggle with. That is really what they struggle with. And like I said, in, in like MMA and boxing, styles make fights and styles make matches in, in this terms that, this is just going to be utter chaos and I'm going to love every minute of it because who, whoever the Lakers are going to play, it's going to be a, a really good series. And it's going to be California versus California. So it's the first time all four Cali teams got in there. And yeah, personal pride. I think that the Lakers genuinely could go to the finals. I know they're about 6-1 to one to get there, like I said earlier on. So I think that's really good value given the fact that it's potentially LeBron's last real run he can have at a title with the Lakers. So... We'll see. We'll just get your thoughts on it, though, because, like I said, I'm trying not to be biased, but I really like this Lakers team. No, it really surprised me. And the, tra- the trade deadline for them, despite not getting like, massive star names in, it's definitely improved the, the, the team at a folklore. But since they got rid of Westbrook, who I do really like, they've just come on leaps and bounds. I think they had the record post-deadline was one of the better ones in the NBA. I know the defensive one was up there, I think, like, second in the league. Just off the top of my head, I could be wrong. Um... But yeah, we're in a weird situation where we've got the Lakers, a very a team that we're all very expectant of to be in the finals every year because they're that big and they've got LeBron, they've got AD. But like I said, they're six to one shot, so they've kind of come from under the radar. We didn't know whether they were going to be in the playoffs, and now they're one of like the main forces in the West. Um, so no team would be taking them lightly, and I'm sure LeBron would be expecting to to carry his team to another finals and to another ring. But they kind of slept on and they're like a sleeping giant almost in this playoffs. And yeah, the stars are going to be hard for them, like say in the next game against Kings and Warriors because they can shoot lights out and there's a bit of a mismatch in there. But yeah, since the, since the trade deadline, the Lakers have been one of the best sides in the league. Um, I mean, the records both for itself, they, was, they had to win a lot of games to gain the playoffs. It's one of the better defensive teams since then. They lost Westbrook, which is something they had to do. Um, like you say, Russell came back with really good. Vanderbilt's made a better defensive team. Um, and yeah, they're kind of a sleeping giant in the sense that a team that no one expected to be in the playoffs and they've been a bit of a laughing stock at times this season, but come times, they have got LeBron, they have got AD. Austin Reeves has come on leaps and bounds. We're a massive fans of him. Um, and like you say, he's a Laker, so he, he wants to win for the organisation and not just himself. So... They're not to be slept on. Um, you did touch on the, the matchups and the styles of Sacramento and Golden State, which will cause problems for the Lakers. Um, but at the same time, how did they stop AD from scoring? I mean, we've seen what Sabonis is doing for against them. Uh, we've seen what Kevon Looney is doing on the other side. AD is just a monster. Um, and LeBron James is LeBron James. is maybe the best player of all time for me. He is. Um, and I just think that they're a very good price. And you've said the 6-1 to 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 get to the finals and I just wouldn't put it past him at all. Um, 
it's the they're, they're welcome addition. I, I must say, from what watching them in the regular season, I was kind of hoping that they didn't make it in the playoffs because they're just big names and they've not played that well. But since the deadline, yeah, a completely different side. Um, I really enjoyed watching them against the Grizz as I thought it was excellent. And the Kings and the Warriors will be scared of the Lakers. It won't be the Lakers watching them tonight. I think you know, I don't think they'll mind if they get like like you mentioned before when we were doing the preview. They're quite similar teams. Um, Mike Brown came from the organization. The Lakers will be prepared. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to watch them and more in the playoffs. And they could even make it to the conference finals. They could even make it to the finals. We could literally we talk both about the Celtics game though. We could have the Celtics versus the Lakers, which will be. NBA fan. Yeah, this is it's like the NBA heritage, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I, I think they're kind of free rolling now in the sense that getting to the playoffs and winning the first round was really good, and that's a bit of a, a dangerous force to come against, isn't it? One that's maybe took the pressure off a bit, but at the same time, it's got LeBron carrying you thinking, "Come on, we can, we can do this." You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, really exciting to see. And round one was really good, wasn't it? Cook. We watched a lot of the games, but round two. We filtered out some of the teams that weren't ready, and every team now that's still left are potential winners. So it's it's, it's getting really good. Like you can't miss some of the basketball. No, it's it's genuinely you can't miss it because there's just mouthwatering game after mouthwatering game. Like we said, we had Nuggets Suns last night. We've got Knicks Heat tonight, which we've already come over about a million times because of how good a game that. <laughs> Kings, Golden State, like we said, is going to go seven games, which don't want to say we predicted it, but we did. And yeah, like this game, like Lakers, like you said, whoever they get. And what the thing is with the Lakers is over the years, they've had so much expectation on the back, obviously being, I think, if not the most successful team ever in the NBA, other than Boston, I could be wrong. But I think that the mentality this year is almost like we've got nothing to lose. Like we wasn't expected to be here. But at the same time, you've got, LeBron's legacy, which weighs heavy at the same time. And that's the thing. That's the yin and yang with the Lakers. They've got also they've got nothing to lose, but they almost have everything to lose as well because they've got LeBron right at the end of his career. And like I said before, it could be the last time that he legit has a run at the finals. But if they manage his minutes, the squad, like the depth, like Hachimura, Vanderbilt, Reeves, these type of players, if they step up AD, then it'll lighten the load for LeBron. It'll make a better series overall because as you saw in the Grizzlies, when they just started double-teaming LeBron, AD got involved, Reeves got involved, Hachimura got involved. So yeah, it's going to be so good. And I think that whoever the Lakers get next, big prediction, but I think they'll beat them. I genuinely think they'll beat whoever they play next. I think it'll go seven, though. So there's my prediction. That, that is a balls in my prediction. And I wouldn't like to come up against LeBron James in the game seven. <laughs> they won't have the home court advantage, but like you said, he will have to run James, so it kind of evens itself out. Yeah, really exciting stuff. Um, and, ju- and just lastly, yeah, we've, we've kind of urged already in this podcast for the UK listeners to watch tonight's games. We're going to do maybe a best bet for each game. Maybe Cook, you can take one and I'll take the other. We yeah. can just think of something. Free ball. And I know you, you like your NBA bets, so I, do. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but I mean, you're, you're the man for it. Um, so yeah, <laughs> six o'clock, Nick's Heat, half eight, Kings Warriors, Cook, pick a game, pick a bet, and just tell us, tell all the listeners what they can maybe watch tonight. Yeah, so I, I would say that the game I'm going to take is it's the game that I'm most excited for, but not by much because I'm equally 
oh, I'm so uh, heat next. Oh God, don't make me choose. But all right, Golden State. I've seen a bet already. I'm gonna have this on myself. So putting my money where my mouth is. Golden State Warriors match result. Steph Curry over thirty points. Clay Thompson over five. Well, five or more three pointers. Again, game seven. Clay is a thing. He averages five threes per game seven. Curry has obviously pulled them out of the depth so many times. This is nine to two boosted on Bet365. I just think it's a really good price for only three things to happen. I know that you're thinking five threes, that's a lot. Well, I think Clay had, I think it was three threes in, in the opening quarter and a half. So you really can't count out Dub Nation, especially with the three ball. So I think nine to two, match result, Golden State, or money line, as you like Yankees like to say. Steph Curry, 30 points, and Clay Thompson, five or more threes, nine to two. There you go. All right, is that a lovely bet for the listeners there? I mean, I've not got the betting in front of me, but something that I think is going to happen in the Knicks and the Heat game is with an injured Bam Adebayo and maybe a bit of sorts Bam Adebayo, we could see the rebounds coming in for the Knicks. I'm going to tell you to take Mitchell Robinson on the overs. I said it before, Jim can't be guarded by this Miami team. Take whatever and let's pair that up. Brunson on the points, Robinson on the rebounds. Do you know what? I'll tweet it out for listeners later. I'll put it in the bet slip and find a bet for you. But that is what I'm going with. And if you really want to, to put your balls on the line, I think the Knicks will win as well. So put them in this money line and then boost them odds. And um, yeah, that's our predictions for tonight. So with Robinson and Brunson, 10 or more rebounds for Mitchell Robinson, 25 or more points for Brunson. That's nine to four. You include a Knicks win in that, you get 16 to five as a treble. And then five returns 21 pounds for Jim's bet. There you go, listeners. Cook already promised us that at the MSG, Brunson will get 25. So there's one in. And you just got to wait for the next two now. We'll put a learner for tonight while you watch. It's interesting. It's a good price as well. Definitely home court advantage, good price that. Brunson, especially if Randall doesn't play, because I did have my eye on the other boost on Bet365, which I will give shout out to because you're doing that game. If Randall plays, I think this is really good value, just a bit better than three to one. Knicks win, Brunson 25 or more points, Randall seven or more rebounds. He's not been shooting the free well, so he's had to up his defense lately. So I think, again, just better than threes for a treble. I think that is pretty good value, I can't lie. So. They were the two I was talking between again. Both those boosted on Bet365, both the ones that I've said. I'm not endorsed by them, but they do do some nice basketball boosts. One that I did profit off last night, Jim. Uh, a nice little 15 <laughs> to 2. Uh, KD, which was KD 25, 25 points or more. KD 10 rebounds or more. And the Joker 10 rebounds or more at 15 to 2. I thought that was a really good prize. It was, I think I was in the first quarter I'm watching the game this morning. It was, um, K- KD yeah. had about eight rebounds in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, they say the joke running on 18. But yeah, we'll just um, do a little outro, outro to this podcast now, Cook. Um, where can they find us? Um, we're going to record every week. We've got a name now, like we say. We're called Spilling the Free. Still under the Cookie Podcast Network. Um, Cookie's the brains behind this operation. He's got that all on lockdown. So on your Spotify feed, Apple feed, wherever you get the pod, um, it will be in the same place. New name, new pod title, new number. Obviously, we're on like 180 football episodes. This is our second basketball one. Um, so yeah, Cook, where can we find us all? Yeah, so like Jim said there, we've almost done a soft reboot of the Cookie Pod. We obviously have That's The Way The Cookie Crumbles, which is our football podcast, which we want to thank everyone that already listens to that. And if you've come over to this NBA pod from that, 
again, thank you for rocking with us for so long. We've been doing this for nearly five years now. So like you said, every like, every five-star review, every comment, every post, it really does help us out. And if you want to follow us on our socials, Twitter and Instagram, we mainly use Cookie Podcast, followed by the number one is our handle for there. If you like clips, YouTube shorts, stuff like that, we're available on YouTube. Just type in Cookie Podcast Clips. We've got a TikTok account. Just type in The Cookie Podcast. That's T-H-E, Cookie Podcast. And yeah, wherever you get your pods, like I said, soft reboot of the Cookie Pod. We've almost branched out a little bit and become more of a, a network, shall we say, because like I said, me and Jim, and keep an eye out for some guests. We do like other sports. We do have a big listeners, a big amount of listeners from the United States. And it's good to see that people have been supportive of us changing it up a little bit, branching out a little bit. And going forward, keep your eye out for some guests. So hopefully, Jim, we can get some good guests to come on help us out with this nba pod especially when it's the playoffs so yeah keep an eye out for that exciting times at the cookie board thanks for rocking with us for so long and yeah that is spilling the three See you